Welcome to Discussions of Truth. I am your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. You are tuned into Winwood Radio. And as always, I broadcast on Wednesdays, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, pushing the envelope. The show incepted as the Florida Sun and Spray Show, and that was a, an attempt to gather interest on really a more of a local effort to get the population of Southern Florida interested in investigating the various pesticides that are used in the state. Chem-Tox, that's C-H-E-M-T-O-X.com was an early, early partner of mine. They took on Monsanto out of Tampa and won. This all had to do with a spray about two years ago now to combat the Zika virus called Nailid. The road that I was led down in my investigation more than opened my eyes as it led into the Various fields of petroleum run by the Rockefellers and the various ties therein. We bring on subject for a second time in the, since the inception of this program. Again, now pushing that two-year mark, getting close to it, 9-11. Christopher Bolin. First guest on this program to speak about 9-11. Today, we try to refocus a focus, if you will, on 9-11 as we invite and as we receive Richard Gage onto Winwood Radio. He's an AIA, a member of the AIA as an architect, American Institute of Architects founding member of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. This guy spent three decades, just about three decades, if I've got that right, in the industry, architectural industry, and he's headed multi-million dollar projects. He has a major issue with the report the 9-11 Investigation Commission report, fire or controlled demolition. So if that doesn't kind of hit the mainstream, then you need to kind of refocus your focus. 3,000 architects are involved in his campaign. Architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, and that's AE911truth.org. This is... No light skin effort here. Richard's going full bore. He means business. And that is exactly the type of individual we invite with open arms onto discussions of truth. Next week, folks, next week we bring on Two-time member of the U.S. House of Representatives. She's a member, a former member of Congress, a, a former member of Congress as a Democrat. Then she switched to the Green Party in OA and ran for president. We are confirmed to receive Cynthia McKinney. 
She was Georgia's first black woman to represent that state in the U.S. House. Dr. McKinney will bring on a, a, a really a concept of what is a, an effort to unify and cohesively bring together groups that promote positive behavior uh, from different walks of life. And she'll also talk about her book that is scheduled to very quickly be released, if it hasn't already been, and that is how U.S. creates blank hole countries, and that's, uh, that's an S word there. Um, that alludes to a comment made by Donald Trump. And, 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 and I think he referred to, uh, for instance, Haiti as being one of those countries. Um, so we'll hear Cynthia, Cynthia's side to her opinion on how the United States creates these crap hole countries. Maybe Hillary Clinton at some point would, 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 would give her side. I don't know. We can we can certainly invite her and bring her on. But she uh, uh, McKinney McKinney in '01 was awarded the Peace Through Conscience Award from the Munich American Peace Committee. That's M A P C for her efforts to challenge U.S. and NATO war policies. Bravo, Cynthia. Bravo. Okay. So next week we bring on Cynthia McKinney. We will follow that up later in the month with Gretchen Peters. Gretchen Peters is a former ABC News correspondent. She heads currently something called the Satel Project. Basically, basically Gretchen, uh, she would deliver her research on the opium trade to people like the Navy SEALs and the Pentagon. Um, she'll talk about her book called The Seeds of Terror, how drugs, thugs, and crime are reshaping. Now the 17th, we're into this, what, 17 years now? 17 years. Your taxpayers, our taxpayers have gone to fight the Taliban? The she'll talk about something called the Hakani Network. Two papers, and I've got them listed on my website. That's introtier.com, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. They just go, just click the radio tab, and there you get into uh, all the past guests that I've had. And, and, and I've got two papers listed up there under a bio for Gretchen. United States Institute of Peace is one of the papers I'd like to direct you to. How Opium Profits the Taliban, very important, very key, right? West Point's Combating Terrorism Center, Hakani Network. That's another paper. Alfred McCoy, former guest on this program. Uh, he is a member of, he's a writer for Tom Dispatch. Uh, well, what's interesting about Alfred McCoy is uh, he got a knock on his door from the CIA when he went to publish his work on what he had learned about the opium trade. Yeah, yeah. He spent time in Southeast Asia, returned to uh, New Haven, and the CIA wanted, uh, wanted him to hand over his uh, his research. He took him to court and he won. So uh, that that book uh, stands as the gold standard, if you will, of understanding that drug trade. Um, and so we will kind of possibly be able to connect some dots, maybe, who knows, uh, with Gretchen. Maybe she'll understand uh, a little bit about uh, what uh, uh, Dr. McCoy has uh, done uh, as far as investigating uh, the opium trade. Being rescheduled for the program is Daniel Esterlin. Uh, he was uh, scheduled to appear on the program last week. We brought in uh, uh, Joel Skousen. Uh, probably mispronounced that again, uh, Joel. Uh, pardon me. Uh, he's a former uh, Marine Corps fighter pilot, uh, and he's uh, very knowledgeable. So uh, in, uh, in, in Daniel's place, we had Joel. But, but Daniel being rescheduled, we'll talk about uh, La Trastienda de Trump, Trump behind the scenes. What's interesting, what's interesting at that is, is, is uh, about some of Daniel's work. And by the way, if, if you're not familiar with Trine Day, please, I don't want to pitch anything that that, uh, that, 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 that isn't necessary. But Trine Day, and that's all I'm going to say, is, 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 is a pretty interesting source to kind of give alternative views. 
uh, to to things. Okay, and that's and that's what we're all about pushing. I'm all about pushing the envelope, right? Because because if you get sprayed by a pesticide that's banned by the European Union and it's a known neurotoxin, yet the CDC's on the phone to your city council uh, via loudspeaker and they're saying it's harmless, then you should be able to know. What uh, you should be able to investigate and look at some alternative views on things, right? You should be able to do that. Nalid was used here. It's a known neuro neurotoxin, as I mentioned. It's also known to cause microcephaly, but yet so is the Zika virus. So catch twenty two. Not sure. But what's interesting about Daniel is that uh, he talks about he talks about uh, you know uh, 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 well he talks about uh, elite groups and these do exist, folks. Uh, the Bilderberg groups, if you will, uh, he'll talk. He talks about that. But what 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 is interesting is that these international bankers, as Nomi Prince uh, spoke about, and she didn't she didn't point any fingers. But uh, but 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 what is interesting about some of these uh, international bankers uh, is that uh, you know Daniel writes about them, and it caught the attention of Fidel Castro. Whoa, interesting. Okay, wow. What, what did Fidel Castro have to say about uh, about uh, Est- Estulin's work? So we'll hear we'll hear from Daniel. Daniel's rescheduled him, and and Kevin Ship, former CIA agent, uh, he'll speak about the NSA uh, uh, here uh, on Winwood Radio. We're scheduling him. Uh, Joel Skusen last week, and before that, if you didn't catch the the program, Sandy Rosenthal spoke about uh, Hurricane uh, Katrina. And how the Army Corps of Engineers, she traced IP addresses right back to the Army Corps engineer that was slamming her for questioning how that dam was in. 17-foot holes were drilled, yet they should have been 50. Saving money, were they? I don't think so. Some of these, some of these uh, uh, power brokers, as you say, that, that control things, they have a, an agenda. By the way, the Uni- United Nations... Yeah, they have something called, uh, they have various agendas. Look into it. Agenda 2030, Agenda 2020. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, they've, they've, got, they've got ideas on how to uh, shape the way you live your life. Why? Because they can. And they will continue to unless you do something about it. Robert Bridge also joined us a, few, a couple weeks ago. He's a former editor of the Moscow News. And uh, prior to him, Wolf, uh, Wolf Richter of Wolf Street. Uh, and, and again, uh, Nomi Prince. Um, uh, Ray McGovern. It, it, the list goes on, folks. You know, we've had some incredible guests that have joined this program. We march onward and upward. Stephen Kinzer, uh, he's a member of the Watts, uh, uh, Watson Institute uh, at Brown, Brown University, I believe it is. John Perkins, former hitman for the for the economic hitman, he referred to as a uh, CIA. And then Senator, uh, Mississippi Senator Chris McDaniel. Uh, these are all former guests. And, and all of these, if you don't catch, please, ca- if you don't catch these live, all of these are uh, uploaded uh, into, uh, into, in, into iTunes. Not all of them, uh, but most of them are in iTunes. Uh, uh, Google Play, uh, many in the Spotify. Absolutely all of them are in Mixcloud.com. Uh, the large majority are in SoundCloud, and every single one of the past episodes can be accessed on iantrache.com. Absolutely every single one since since uh, since the in, in, uh, since the inception. So a couple of issues here, maybe a couple of questions, right? A couple of questions. Nine eleven. Should we even question that? On September 11, 2001, nearly 3,000 people were killed. 400 were police officers and firefighters in the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City. The Pentagon building in Washington, D.C. and in a plane crash near Shanskville, PA. Okay, so, so 3,000 altogether were killed. On any given workday, up to 50,000 employees worked at the World Trade Center. Uh, center twin towers and an additional forty thousand passed through the complex. That's on a any, that's on a that's on any given day. After September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center, the rescue and recovery cleanup of the 1.8 million tons of wreckage from the WTC took nine months. Big money for an insurance company, right? Hmm, Shorenstein didn't he pull Building Seven? He can he catch out he catch video footage of 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 uh, of him uh, calling for that for that Building Seven to be to be pulled. What's that all about? Okay. Um, the attack on the World Trade Center in 9-11 resulted in the largest loss of life by a foreign attack on American soil. 18 people were rescued alive from the rubble. There's, but but there's, some, there's some interesting... Look, while video accounts of WTC attack aired immediately, no video footage of the Pentagon attack was publicly released. 
until 2006. So Richard Gage has an issue with the commission report and the 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 and what's 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 uh, what was released in it, how it was conducted. We'll see. We'll hear from him in moments, and uh, we will cut to a ba- break and and bring uh, bring Richard Richard on the program. You've tuned in to Winwood Radio. I am your host Ian Trottier. You can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, and again, we are an independent radio station. If you'd like to contribute, please do. Winwood Radio, Ian Trottier, and uh, I'll be right back with you. Welcome to discussion. I'm back. Uh, we're back from a break. We have Richard Gage with us uh, again. He is the uh, Richard. Are you the founder of the uh, Architects and Engineers from 9/11 Truth? Are you a, a co-founder, founder? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. We welcome you to Windward Radio. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Um, I'm a member of the American Institute of Architects, and yes, I founded Architects and Engineers for 9/11 Truth about. Uh, 12 years ago, and uh, we have uh, a desire and a petition to get a real investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers on 9-11. We have 3,000 engineers signed on to this petition demanding this new unimpeachable investigation with subpoena power. And so uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with your audience, Ian, the evidence uh, that we have assembled from various sources, much of which has been actually compiled uh, since day one of 9-11 by many uh, diligent researchers among the millions of uh, 9-11 activists in the 9-11 truth movement. Thank you. Now, Richard, uh, you're, you seem like an all-American, average Ameri- uh, uh, guy. You've uh, been an architect for, for now about three uh, decades. Um, taking a adverse stance, if you will, or an alternative stance on 9-11 comes with a lot of uh, resistance. What, what was it for you that began your question, if you will, of how the... Um, how the investigation was uh, conducted. What, what was it to you that said, as an architect, that said, okay, hold on a second, not everything's adding up here. I've got to take a closer look. Well, at first, uh, beginning with uh, the morning of 9-11, I was in shock and awe, <laughs> like the others, uh, other Americans. Uh, this, we were in a state of, of panic here. Um, and um, I, I just... Kind of, I saw the towers coming down, but something was wrong with it. But I didn't know, you know, what they're telling us. Okay, it came down by jet plane impacts and and uh, fires, and so I'm just going all right. But later, about five years later, I heard on the radio David Ray Griffin, uh, one of the uh, chief researchers in the 9/11 Truth movement, who's now written ten books on the subject. 
he was being interviewed uh, on the radio, and I was hearing uh, all this uh, evidence that I had not heard anywhere of the mainstream media, not from uh, the American Institute of Architects, not from our government, not the official reports. We're talking about uh, witnesses of explosions, uh, more than 100 of them, orally recorded by the FDNY, Fire Department in New York, (coughs) and they are talking about sounds of explosions, flashes of light, many of them, uh, heard and seen uh, before the towers came down, immediately before. Wow. And and this is just the, the beginning of this uh, kind of awakening here. I learned that there was a third tower that came down on 9-11, this being World Trade Center Building 7, a 47-story skyscraper that collapses in the afternoon of 9-11, wasn't hit by an airplane, and yet here's this building that came straight down into its own footprint in the afternoon at 520, uh, as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky. Uh Right, yeah, the the, the Building 7, and I think... That's an, what happened there. What, what do you know in your research? What what happened with Building Seven, as far as as far as you know? Well, uh, we know a lot, um, and um, it wasn't hit by a plane. We, we, <laughs> we know that. We also know that it took seven years for NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who was tasked by Congress to explain all three collapses to the American people, that they didn't explain any of the three. Uh, it was just a massive cover-up of the actual evidence uh, that we provide. Uh, the first of all, uh, regarding Building 7, what we know is it came down at free-fall acceleration. Now, that in, in seven seconds, this building is destroyed from top to bottom. It falls like a house of cards. And so, uh, in order for a building to fall symmetrically and at free-fall, all the columns on each of the floors, and there's 80 of them, have to be removed all at once. Otherwise, the building begins to tip over. It falls to the path of least resistance. And so here is uh, this agency taking seven years to come up with this story, uh, hoping everybody will forget about uh, the collapse of this tower by the time they get around to issuing the final report. And what do they say? Normal office fires brought this building down. Normal office fires. And how were those started? Any, any, any idea as far as that report goes? Well, everyone speculates that it's from some of the debris that did hit Building 7. Sure. Uh, NIST acknowledges that this debris, while it may have started fires, is not a significant factor in the building's collapse. They uh, have this theory uh, under the uh, East Penthouse which falls six seconds earlier, they have this up at the top of the building, uh, they have this theory that uh, a, a column 79 uh, remained, was, was, a lot, was rendered uh, unbraced by the internal collapse of about nine floors around it, starting with floor 12 and on down because of the expansion of long span beams pushing a girder off of its seat uh, and then causing this progressive collapse inside the building, which then culminates, they say, in the collapse of the East Penthouse. Uh, actually, they have this theory suggesting that the entire inside of the building collapsed before the outside building did, but that without hardly any uh, deformation, on the, well, without any deformation of the exterior perimeter structural steel system. I mean, these beams uh, are rigidly connected to the uh, beams and columns and the exterior, it would have crumpled like a beer can if there was an internal collapse. We all would have known it, seen it. There would have been massive breaking of granite panels and, and windows and so forth. So the whole theory is flawed from beginning to end. And uh, we, we cite this on our webinar, which is free on YouTube for everybody to see. Uh, well, the, the, the actual... A uh, documentary we made called 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. Because we've assembled 40 high-rise architects, structural engineers, metallurgists, chemists, physicists, controlled demolition experts. They all lay out this evidence.
confidence on this uh, landmark documentary. And uh, it's it's all there for everybody to see, Building 7 and also the Twin Towers. Now, you're not alone. Uh, there are some other fairly high-profile uh, Americans that uh, question this commission report. Uh, for instance, uh, Richard Clark, who was chief of America's anti-terrorism efforts under both Clinton and Bush, is one of them. And also dean of the law school of Rutgers, John Farmer. Are you aware of those two individuals? Oh, yeah. And, and Richard Clark is on record uh, uh, believing the official story, even if he questioned it at some point uh, later, he uh, folded. John Farmer is the attorney uh, for the 9-11 Commission, and he says there was a decision at some point to not tell the truth to the American people. And where does that decision come from? Is he quoted as saying where that decision came from? We're talking about uh, Oval Office decision. Well, it's from higher than him. Uh, we, we don't have that information. But the, uh, the 9-11 Commission uh, chairs uh, are on record saying that they were lied to repeatedly by the CIA, by the Bush administration, by the Air Force. Uh, it, they have no faith in the document that was produced by Philip Zelikoff uh, after they were all done questioning, and Philip Zelikoff is a Bush uh, appointee. Uh, so we have very little, who's, by the way, whose PhD was uh, uh, in the creation of public myth. Ah, interesting. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, that's, that's, that's an interesting <coughs> one there. Richard, you are an architect. What's the what's the largest uh, building for listeners to kind of identify with your your mindset and where you're coming from? I, uh, what's the largest project that you've worked on uh, in comparison to the World Trade Center? I mean, that was that was a massive uh, uh, business uh, uh, building complex. But uh, give listeners a, a relation to uh, what what you've personally worked on. Well, first of all, it's not about me personally. It's about the evidence and about the 3,000 architects and engineers that we've assembled demanding a new investigation, which include a dozen high-rise architects and 100 structural engineers, among many, many other technically qualified people and physicists and scientists, in addition uh, to the 3,000 mounting up to 20,000 other uh, lay people and, and the scientists and physicists, etc. So regarding myself, um, I've worked on a $400 million project in Las Vegas with 1,200 tons of fireproof steel framing, including wow. uh, two mid-rise towers. Okay, so, so you can identify from a structure, you personally can identify from a structural uh, standpoint what happened here. So when, when these traits, is, is, in your opinion, is, is it possible for, 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 for two airplanes to, to pulverize uh, two buildings like that? Well, yeah. Let, let's talk about the Twin Towers. No, everyone says, uh, and even those supporting the official story, that the impacts of these planes uh, were produced fairly minimal damage, that it was mostly the fires afterward. Okay. But even NIST acknowledges that the jet fuel, 90% of it burned up outside the building. The rest was gone in just 10 minutes. It was over 45 minutes to an hour and a half that these buildings uh, came down uh, after that. Uh, and so NIST uh, cites uh, a theory that fires caused the sagging of these floors, and then uh, that pulled in the perimeter columns, and then the upper portion, in the case of the North Tower, uh, above the point of jet plane impacts, drove the rest, and that upper portion is just 15 stories, and it, but it apparently drove the rest of, according to the official story, down the rest of the building down to the ground in just a dozen seconds and then destroyed itself. But even that theory holds no water because none of the videos uh, or photos show any portion of the building after four seconds. It's been destroyed. After that, the photos and videos show nothing uh, pushing anything down. It is just a series of thousands of explosions hurling four-ton structural steel sections uh, laterally at uh, 60 miles an hour, landing up to 600 feet in every direction. Uh, While that's going on, below that, 20, 40, 60 stories down below that, we have these isolated explosive ejections 
uh, which are blowing pulverized materials out of the building. They're very available. I already mentioned uh, more than 100 uh, firefighters on record citing explosions and flashes of light uh, prior to the building even beginning to collapse. And then we have also uh, what's uh, found, because uh, these fires were very much diminished, indicated by the thick black smoke in both of the towers and the limited flames. So we have uh, uh, not enough heat to actually melt steel, but there's evidence of molten steel and molten iron in the aftermath of all three towers, including Building 7. Wow. Uh, and jet fuel can't account for that even in the Twin Towers. Jet fuel burns, according to its manufacturer, only 600 degrees Fahrenheit in open air. So where's all this incredible heat coming from causing uh, the pouring of molten iron out of the South Tower just 10 minutes prior to its collapse? That takes 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit, more than uh, three, four, five times the temperatures these fires can even get to. So that's just the beginning, though. There's a, a river of steel uh, pointed out by the structural engineer of the World Trade Center himself, Leslie Robertson, uh, flowing. And there's dozens of witnesses in our uh, documentary that point out that uh, there's molten iron dripping off the, the ends of the steel beams. So they say molten steel. It turns out to be molten iron because there's been a lot of tests done on it, including by FEMA, which says there's a hot corrosion attack on the steel. Sulfur formed during this with molten iron attacking the steel. Well, none of this ends up in the NIST report, even though it was very well documented by FEMA and placed in an appendix in their building performance assessment report in 2002. But NIST took over that investigation and, and threw out that evidence. And, uh, even, and even though the NIST co-project leader, John Gross himself, is uh, seen in a photograph picking the very piece of steel off the pile that, was, that he gave to FEMA uh, that they ended up including in this appendix and documenting a Swiss cheese corrosion that does not happen in normal office fires, but it is the result of thermite. Thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And this has found uh, evidence of thermite, not only in the dozens and dozens and dozens of reports of molten metal and temperatures documented by Bechtel over 2,800 degrees, and, the, and Jonathan Barnett, the FEMA author, saying 4,000 degree uh, temperatures responsible for the uh, e partial evaporation of the ends of the steel beams. Uh -huh. So you you are you are. It sounds like you are. Uh, 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 you're absolutely confirmed in your thinking that uh, that there were uh, thermite nanothermite explosive devices planted in that building to to aid in the demolition of it. Well, thermite is an incendiary, and uh, it works by means of heat, producing 4,000-degree temperatures, which can explain the phenomena that we've just been discussing. It also, uh, with, with adding sulfur to it, it becomes thermate, much more effective at cutting through steel, which explains the sulfur, which NIST uh, doc documented but could not adequately explain. Actually, they say it must have come from the gypsum board, uh, which has calcium sulfate in it. But gypsum board has been used for 100 years to protect steel. It's never turned around and attacked the steel that it's designed to protect. So that's a lame answer there. And we also have uh, in the dust samples documented by the U.S. Geological Survey in their massive particle atlas of all of the, the dust samples doing toxicological studies them as well as environmental engineer R.J. Lee, they both independently find billions of previously molten iron microspheres, the diameter of a human hair. They, they, they can't explain where these come from, but they do a great job of documenting them. It's a signature element of all the World Trade Center dust. In other words, it's not even World Trade Center dust unless it has all of these previously molten iron microspheres. Well, how did they get there? Well, under explosive conditions, thermite, an incendiary, releases molten iron 
and aluminum ash or oxide as its byproduct. So that explains it. And, and not only that, but we, a team of international scientists led by Niels Herrett in Copenhagen find uh, in all of the dust samples they collected that were independently given to them uh, by, by New Yorkers, uh, they, they find uh, the same curious red-gray chips in all these samples. And they document these very carefully. And it turns out that uh, these dual-layered chips, red on one side, gray on the other, uh, the red side, uh, with, as they zoom into it, uh, 50,000 times with a nuclear microscope, find what? The ingredients of thermite. Uh, nanothermite, because it's at the nanoscale. This is a very sophisticated material with iron oxide rhomboidal crystals uh, intermixed with aluminum platelets in this matrix of oxygen, silica, and carbon, which is a very sophisticated uh, stuff. It's unignited nanothermite, and there's up to 10 tons of this material in its unignited form. So there must have been a lot more in the ignited form, which caused uh, another 10 tons of all of these microspheres throughout the World Trade Center dust. Okay, so let's take let's take this narrative. And we have uh, we have Osama bin Laden uh, masterminding this this attack. One question will be, okay, why? Uh, so he went after the Pentagon. We know that uh, we're not sure what he was going after in, in Pennsylvania. He was uh, making an attempt maybe at the White House, uh, but 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 mission accomplished. I mean, he hit a small portion of the Pentagon. Mission accomplished. Uh, with uh, with these World Trade Centers uh, towers in 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 in, in uh, Manhattan, if if it sounds like you've got incredible evidence uh, showing that, uh, that 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 somebody had gone into those buildings before those planes uh, hit the towers and planted explosive devices. Uh, how how is it that that that's being overlooked? I, I, let's just go again. Let's continue with that Osama bin Laden narrative and 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 say that he had a secret stealth team, military uh, trained grade whatever, gone in there and he planted those devices. How how is it that the uh, that 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 the, the commission uh, is is missing that? Well, these are three of the most highly secure buildings outside the Pentagon. I mean, Building Seven itself was was packed with uh, four-letter agencies, CIA, Department of Defense, um, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, lost thousands of files related to hundreds of cases it was actively pursuing against big companies like Enron, WorldCom. But um, the, the, it looks like uh, the 9-11 Commission was guided to not ask specific questions that the, even the, the family members who, who were responsible for forming or making sure that there was a 9-11 commission happening at all, forcing the Bush administration into that, which happened a year later. Uh, they, they, it looks like they uh, largely were co-opted, certainly the results of their investigation, as we mentioned, co-opted by Philip Zelika, who wrote the commission report that none of them have faith in, and, and many want a new investigation, at least the chairs. So how could it be overlooked? Well, NIST and FEMA appear to be in the position of, of uh, 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 consciously overlooking uh, the specific evidence that uh, we have so much proof of, and that the... Uh, how would you? How would they get explosives into the building? You suggested maybe the stealth team of Osama bin Laden. Well, given the high security of these buildings and the fact that they were terrorist targets, it's just highly doubtful that that happened. But we don't have an opinion on that. Uh, we don't speculate specifically. We just want a real investigation that will get to the bottom. One that might answer the question would be an investigation into Ace Elevator, which had a contract to modernize the elevators in the Twin Towers uh, during the nine months prior to 9-11, the largest elevator modernization in the world documented by uh, Elevator World in March of 2000. And this uh, could have given uh, a team of operatives, uh, probably not Al-Qaeda, uh, inside operatives, uh, access to the core columns and beams uh, that surround the elevator shafts.
So we certainly want an investigation there. Uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, dozens and dozens of tons of high-tech incendiaries and explosives here, uh, explosives being responsible for the lateral discharge of highly, uh, uh, very heavy uh, four-ton structural steel sections that, that are sent laterally, as I mentioned, at six, 600 feet, 60 miles an hour, laterally. This is supposed to be a gravitational collapse. Gravity works down, not out. So we've got both going on here, explosives and incendiaries, apparently. And a real investigation will uh, reveal the perpetrators that uh, were responsible. But until we get a technical investigation, uh, everybody just cries out, oh, you're, you just have a political agenda. Well, no, let's set the conspiracy theories aside and focus on the science of what really happened in an investigation that is not co-opted. Yeah, exactly. What, what would be... It sounds like uh, someone is deceiving uh, for uh, there's the American people, uh, perhaps, uh, have been deceived on at least one level. Like you're saying, regardless of the Osama bin Laden, you know, whoever has done this, it seems like the commission report has not gone after some of these uh, real gritty uh, elements of science and fact and so um again someone is pulling the wool attempting to pull pull the wool over the american public's eyes um let's just go into that for a second it doesn't do us any good because we need to stick to the facts but why would that be happening uh why would there be a cover-up go ahead well who benefited from 9-11 is, is kind of the, the, the question behind the question here, because um, h- how could such a thing happen? Why would they do it? Uh, and how did they not get caught? Well, um, it, it's, it, what it does, uh, 9-11 w- awakens the American public up to a reality that they have been insulated from, and that is who controls um and, and, and what level of control is there? Who controls the media that could have done real reporting and could have uh, had um, this evidence displayed for all to see easily? Because we've had it out there for 12 years now. And so, but it's not been played out there. I mean, we have a 45-minute interview on C-SPAN. And when that slipped through, uh, we, it turns out to be their most watched video ever on their entire wow. website. Wow. That 45 minutes. So you can just Google Gage uh, on C-SPAN, 9, 9-11. So uh, it's got all, almost a million views now. So that is, uh, that's what happens when we get people's attention on the actual science. They wake up. That's why we have 3,000 architects. The reason we don't have 300,000 architects is because we have a hard time getting this information in front of them. Once we do, we've got them uh, on, the, on the waking up path, then they realize that, oh, gee, in order for this to happen, the American Institute of Architects would have had to have insulated us, for instance, from the third worst structural failure in modern history, World Trade Center 7, which most architects and structural engineers know nothing about. So we've been insulated by our own uh, favorite institution, the AIA. And, and we've been insulated by CNN, ABC, MSNBC, all the rest. And, and we've gotten, uh, it's the alternative media. That's like you, for instance. Uh, thank you very much for taking, having the courage to put this out there because there is criticism when this is brought to bear because it's not popular it is not uh, a subject uh, which wants to be handled it's not easily handled it implies that there's a much greater uh, conspiracy out there of of silence about the truth as well as those who perpetrated and organized and executed the 9-11 operation and and keeping it um, quiet Um, so 
uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal, and you've you've got uh, big money players involved as well. Silverstein, for instance, who uh, Larry Silverstein developed the project in in a bid which should not have gone through. It wasn't the lowest bid for the ah, remaining uh, six buildings that he bought uh, and uh, for three point two billion dollars, uh, including the twin towers. Just happened six weeks prior to nine eleven. So all this setup and manipulation and movement was happening. He had already owned Building 7. But then uh, he puts all this terrorist insurance uh, massive uh, uh, and uh, it walks away with uh, $5.7 5 billion. And he had only put $125 million of his own money into the deal. So yes, he did very, very well. And these buildings were white elephants. They needed five to ten billion in asbestos abatement, oh which was required by law, and uh, and communications uh, equip equipment and electrical and mechanical systems were failing in the building. So they couldn't get tenants. So what what has happened? What what has happened here? Is this a is this a is it is it is it appropriate to use a word like a false flag? Is this uh, tied into the banking system? Is what's the kind of the large scheme that's happening here? That uh, like you're saying that these these major now I've spoken frequently on this program in the '80s. You you have basically all the major media outlets controlled by something like. Uh, 80, 80 to 90 different companies. But today, 2018, that number has dwindled down to about six different companies controlling all the mass media. So the way that we as Americans receive our media is becoming uh, is becoming micronized rather than macronized, if I've got uh, the understanding of those two uh, words uh, uh, correct. So so what what really, in your view, has happened here uh, what's kind of the larger picture at play, in your opinion? Well, let's look at what happened after 9-11 and see what this false flag uh, won in a series of false flags throughout history, which have started wars being manipulated by governments uh, to manipulate their people to support these foreign wars. Um, we have the invasion of two Middle Eastern countries. Uh, did did was that because of uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? No. Uh, George Bush acknowledges that they weren't really there. Uh, they were never there. And um, so we we and what what about Osama bin Laden? Uh, you know he he um, he 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 by some researchers he was never ever uh, caught. He died uh, uh, of, uh, of kidney failure uh, back in 2002, according to David Ray Griffin uh, and many, many other researchers, but he wrote the book on it. Uh, did uh, Osama bin Laden uh, die? Something like that. Anyway, the we, what have we got going on in Afghanistan, uh, which some researchers suggest that was responsible for up to 90% of the world's supply of heroin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that the UN announced that the profits uh, from that illicit trade uh, exceeded the oil companies all put together wow. their profits. Um, and, and, and some have pointed out that the, the pipeline uh, for gas uh, from uh, the Stan countries <laughs> through Afghanistan through Pakistan to Pakistan was um, being negotiated by the Taliban with uh, another company in Argentina instead of uh, uh, Dutch Shell Oil. Uh, so these are among the mega millions and billions of dollars that can influence these kinds of decisions. The oil from Iraq, uh, for instance, uh, if you, some researchers have found that it is uh, uh, not under uh, the control of, of Iraqis at all, which shouldn't be a surprise. Anyway, uh, I, I don't uh, research those things, but you asked the question, so I'm make, helping your listeners to become aware of 
some of the bigger picture issues, like, for instance, a $240 billion bond heist that occurred on 9-11 in the World Trade Center as a result of its destruction. Uh, these bonds, which were coming due that day, uh, did not have to come due. And there were gold heists going on in the basements of the Towers L because there was a huge vault uh, under Building 6, the Treasury Department uh, location. So lots of shenanigans going on. And I highly encourage people to look at the video, 9-11, Follow the Trillions. And that is uh, by James Corbett. So there's other resources for answers to these kinds of questions. Thank you, uh, Richard. Yeah, one of the I started this program about two years ago. It's going on two years uh, after the uh, South Florida area was uh, hit with the Zika scare, a, a, um, a virus that originates from the Uganda forest in Africa, and the local municipality was spraying a pesticide on the uh, population uh, called Nailid. And as 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 I listened to these uh, these folks that were irate in the in the town hall meeting uh, with the CDC on 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 the line and. Uh, and, and various other representatives. I, 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 I thought, you know, there's, there's, 300, there's roughly 300 people in this town hall, and there's the, the, the mayor and his commissioners, and uh, they, they, to me they just seemed like they were being puppets, being pulled by strings uh, with dollar bills at the end. And I thought, this sounds, this sounds uh, absolutely ridiculous. You've got, you've got these completely irate citizens of Miami Beach that have taken their time to protest against this. So what is it? They, they're, they're saying, they're saying it's, it's illegal in the European Union, that it's, it's been banned, it's a neurotoxin. And everything I started uh, researching verified that their argument had complete validity and that there was, and I even wrote to Lancet in, in, in a medical journal and the New England Med uh, Journal of Medicine and, and tried to seek out some... Some, uh, some, some expert advice, and, and, and nobody could, to, could, could draw a link that Zika was a direct, right, direct cause of, of this microcephaly, which, which was the case in, in, in Recife in, in Brazil. So you know, from, there, from there I begin this show, and, and, and it kind of it reverberates in some of these different other discussions. And, and, and just like you, I feel that uh, Americans are not receiving the information that they should be receiving via mass media. But let's let's now and, and I want to throw this out there that, that 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 and I speak to him I speak about him frequently he's now deceased but but he was a former Hoover fellow at Stanford Stanford University his name is Dr. Anthony Sutton and he went he dived into World War II primarily and the Rockefeller and uh, some of these different banks that were funding really both sides of the conflict uh, to kind of manipulate the outcome. But let's get back to what listeners can do to support you and get involved in trying to get this, this commission reopened. What's your advice? What, what is the best thing that the average American can do to get behind at least opening some of this up and re-questioning what has been given to us in that report? We've got to create a groundswell of public uh, rage uh, against uh, the, the the lies that we've been fed, the manipulation that has been uh, done here. And uh, it's it's a grassroots movement growing uh, by, by millions, uh, but it's a slow growth. And um, we've got to, um, we've got to have legislation uh, that some awake, awakened congresspersons uh, will introduce. And we've, we've drafted it already. It's called the Bobby McIlvain Act. It is uh, sponsored uh, by Bob McIlvain, whose son Bobby died in the South Tower as a result of the explosions that we've been talking about here. And this calls for a new investigation into the destruction of all three towers. It is modeled after the Benghazi Act, and uh, this, the House or Senate uh, can uh, panel uh, a, a, a committee to investigate, a select committee, and we're, we've, for the last year and a half, we've been having our supporters, thousands of them uh, around the country, uh, we've been encouraging them to go to their congressperson and bring the Bobby McIlvain Act, bring the evidence, uh, tell the story, show the evidence, and get their congressperson to introduce this act. So that is just one avenue uh, of, of truth manifestation that we can... where. 
we're working on. Another one is the filing of the grand jury petition uh, to the U.S. Uh, dis- the U.S. District Attorney uh, in uh, Manhattan, and um, uh, on September 11th there will be a following up that filing of that petition, uh, forcing them uh, to uh, uh, honor the terms of that original filing, uh, which they we will be in default of their of the uh, law if they fail. So there's a lot of things going on in Washington D.C. We will have a rally with speakers on the subject of 9-11, including Cynthia McKinney, a former congressperson who uh, will be talking about the concept of power cells, which use, um, uses common issues uh, that people on both sides of the left-right false paradigm uh, can uh, come together on, such as 9-11, uh, because we draw from both sides of the spectrum equally and and we we've it's so it's about truth right not left right not republican republican versus democrat uh so this is very exciting we'll be on the mall at two o'clock uh september 11th uh and um, we'll have some other exciting speakers there as well cynthia joins me next week uh richard i in closing, I want to read a, a a quote from Michael Newman and 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 get your your response or your thoughts. Uh, Michael Newman, NIST spokesman, is is quoted as saying, "Basically, gravity and the utter force of the upper floors force the towers down. If you have twenty floors of mass suddenly released as it goes downward, it picks up more mass and more force. And yes, you can have a building collapse in ten seconds. And yes, it is physically possible. We believe that three years of hard scientific technical." investigation based around a tremendous amount of evidence and confirmed by many physicists will give you the same conclusion. What do you have to say about that, Richard? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, that whole theory is based on Zdenek Bazant, a structural engineer from Chicago Northwestern University, who submitted a four-page, very detailed, uh, very difficult to read and understand, even for structural engineers. He submitted that paper just two days after 9-11. The whole rest of the country is in shock, and he's cranking out calculations that must have taken him months to prepare. And NIST relies on these calculations as the only analytical support that has, has ever been done. The rest of it is just speculation, like you just heard from Michael Newman, uh, who is with uh, the, who is the public uh, uh, person at... At NIST, spokesperson. So uh, the problem here is that in that original calculation, he had to fake it uh, six ways from Sunday. First, he exaggerated the the amount of mass above the point of jet plane impacts by a factor of three or four. He decreased the capability of the columns below the point of jet plane impacts by a factor of three or four. He completely eliminated an entire uh, story of built of the building which had 300 columns in it completely eliminated them from his calculation allowing the upper floor to fall magically on the lower floor in order to develop a dynamic impact this is complete fraud from beginning to end and we point that out in our webinar 9-11 and architect's guide uh part one two and three and this is uh uh uh, free on YouTube for anybody. In fact, just Google uh, uh, 9-11 and Architect's Guide, uh, and you can uh, you can see this three-part series, as well as uh, free on YouTube is our, is our DVD, I mean our landmark uh, documentary, 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out, which shows the same problem in, in several different ways by many, many different experts. Just uh, search Experts Speak Out. It comes right up on YouTube. Excellent. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Gage. Richard, any closing comments for listeners? I encourage everybody to follow up on this information. Yes, it's, it's, it's difficult. Yes, it'll, it'll challenge your very worldview. But yes, it's the truth. And do you want to be hiding in the, with your head in the sand? No. So at least look at the information and develop with the critical thinking your own uh, opinion on it. 
so that you can be in the position of, of having an informed opinion rather than repeating what your peers and your government and your media is feeding you. Excellent word. And then do something about it. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining. Looking forward to uh, inviting you back on in the near future. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it so much. Richard Gage, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Gage, okay? He's, he's just a normal American like you, like me, like uh, so many of us, 300 million of us, I suppose. American Institute of Architects, he's, he's, he's worked on, you heard it, very big, large-scale projects in Vegas, and something doesn't add up. So what does he do? He looks in to 9-11, and this is what he has found. And if any of this resonates with you, do your own investigation. Look into this. I will be right back with you. I'll take a short break. You've tuned into Discussions of Truth with Ian Trottier. Metallica, Seek and Destroy. That is exactly what I admonish each and every one of you to do to corruption, to deceit. Do you think it could not come from your government? Think again! You know, here's a here's a concept for you. You're born into an aristocratic family. You're the head of a nation. Your family maybe your father's a king. Maybe your father's a queen. When you walk the streets Go down to your local grocery store, pub, theater. The taxes all of those people pay, a large percentage go to you and your family. Just put yourself, visualize yourself in that life. Possible? To a very, very very small percentage of folks that walk this planet. But they're sometimes referred to, referred to as the one percenters, something like that. Would you have a problem with that? Well, evidently, George Washington did. Evidently, Alexander Hamilton did. Evidently, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams. So the question is, do you? Oh, but Ian, the United States doesn't have a king or a queen. Every week, 
I aim to deliver you a message that gets you to at least say, wow, let me look into that a little more. Because what you do have as an American citizen is something called a Federal Reserve, which is a banking system evidently, without the evidence, because it's a private organization. It's not a federal organization. It's, I'll, I'll repeat that. It's not a federal organization. It's controlled by shareholders that have international interests. Could! The Queen of England, for instance... Be one of those shareholders. You wouldn't know if she was. And that's the beauty of the Federal Reserve. So if 9-11 is, was a false flag, meant to deceive you, to cause a war on terror... You wouldn't know about it. But what you can do is you can at least, if you think, for instance, some of this evidence that Richard and the architects of engineers involved, over 3,000 involved in what he's doing, if you think some of that might possibly be accurate, then get behind him and try to crack a lid that is ever so quickly being closed on you. I stand for freedom of speech. I stand for freedom of press. I stand for freedom of religion. And if you don't, then I recommend that you do. Because it is freedoms like those that has made this country great. And like Richard said, it's not about being a Democrat. It's not about being a Republican. It's about being honest and truthful. Next week, we bring on program... Cynthia McKitty, former congresswoman, U.S. congresswoman, and the first black woman to be elected to represent that state in the U.S. House of Representatives. I've been your host for the weekly program, Discussion to Truth. You've turned in to Win Win Radio. And until next week, be awesome.